Welcome to Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Keanu Reeves. My name is Andrew Gornley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode and every episode by my co-hosts. She has crossed oceans of time to be on this podcast, Whitney Nelson. That's true. You're welcome, everybody. (laughs) And he's no lunatic. He's a sane man fighting for his soul, Evan Wells. That's false, actually. (laughs) Damn it. I was trying to, it was a good cover up. Damn it, Evan. You blew it. No. You blew it. I'm a crazy person. How are we feeling? There's a lot of great Keanu news out there. It just continues to roll in. It's yeah. so it does. It's so heartwarming. Yep. It is. I am I am here for all of it. I I liked Keanu Reeves before we started doing this. Even without all of the news and all of the whatever that um has come our way since we started doing this, I just liked him as a person and whatever, yeah. but doing this Makes me really, I just, I'm so into Keanu Reeves now. And I did not know that that was going to be a byproduct of this. But I went from like, yeah, sure, Keanu Reeves, he seems like a nice guy and he makes a lot of movies. And then uh, now I'm like, Keanu Reeves is it. Right. He is a golden god. I was not expecting that to be my reaction to doing this podcast. I actually kind of thought maybe it would go the other way. <laughs> you not like, like oh, fuck this guy. <laughs> right. It's like when you work at a, a in the food service industry, you no longer like the food where you work, kind of. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I understand. Yeah. I understand. That makes a lot of sense. But uh, I think for all of us, it's it's the pendulum has swung even further in the love mm-hmm. category. So yes, it has. Yeah, that's I, great. I have friends reaching out to me that have finally seen the new John Wick, and it is a resounding. Uh, success from the people that i'm hearing yeah i can't yes. wait john wick four five six seven eight nine ten yeah whatever just keep it rolling just yeah. keep it rolling keep 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 them I'll going you should if you haven't come across this we I, I think whitney and i and maybe evan to some degree receive basically everything keanu related that is happening <laughs> oh, as yeah. it happens yeah. almost yeah oh yeah the- facebook messenger twitter yeah text messages literally every time any one of my friends or acquaintances or co-workers comes across Keanu news in any way shape or form it gets sent immediately to me and I have to say I love it please keep doing it I never get tired of it even if I've been sent that GQ article nine times (laughs) I still get excited when it gets sent to me so please tweet Keanu news at me at all times. The thing that we got just today, I believe, with the uh, play on his name. Uh, yes. With, it's definitely, it's a, I think it's a Twitter moment at this point. Definitely check it out. People playing with Keanu's names, like, for instance, Keanu Reeves as leg armor is Keanu Greaves. Things like that. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Check Keanu it out. Keanu sees this, this Twitter thread, Keanu leaves. <laughs> yes, exactly. Was my favorite one. But it was a whole thread of, it's like those, you know, like ruin a movie title by adding one word yes. or whatever. It's one of those where it just kind of went a little bit viral, but it was just plays on Keanu's name with something that rhymes with Reeves. It's so good. So it's good. Very have good. you guys, uh, I meant to tell you about this earlier, but have you checked out the Keanu Reeves walking to music Twitter? Yes, it's well from uh, Always Be My Maybe, where they just take <laughs> other songs and underlay it because it's, I believe, the song that he walks to in the movie is called Sail. Uh, mm-hmm. And people just swap that sale, out yeah. with whatever By they Amo. want. It's, yes, it's exactly. Very awesome. 
There's so yeah. much to check out. Yeah. At some point, there was a dearth of Keanu Reeves content, and that time has come to an end. There is <laughs> there is maybe more than a, a normal person would be able to handle. We are living in the keanu and we are all <laughs> blessed. Right. We picked the perfect time to kick this mm-hmm. thing off. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I realize that for when we got into 1991 with Point Break, uh, I didn't talk about what was happening in the world in 1991. Ugh. And then I went back and I I missed it. I, I, you guys got to keep me honest here. I, you were just so <laughs> excited, you know. It, it was, we it was were a, just chomping at the bit to yeah, talk about Point exactly. Break. Could, couldn't right. put it off any longer. Yeah, check that episode. It's really, really good. Anyway, I want to get back into it for this one because we have a, you know, I enjoy at least our little banter about uh, the film world at large that happens alongside Keanu movies, which is very fascinating to me. And then what's happening in the world also. So 1992, I just wrote down a few couple quick things here. We got the space shuttle Endeavor that launched. Woo! Pretty rad. Space travel. Great. Mall of America opens mm. officially in Minnesota. Have, have you guys been there? I have not. No. Whitney, have you? Have you? I have. Yes. Pretty insane. Oh. I think I saw the number was, it's either 72 or 78 acres is how big that Mm -hmm. mall is. Well, now I think they've built apartments across the street and there's a (laughs) tunnel. So you literally never have to go outside if you don't want to. That sounds perfect. I feel like King of Prussia just uh, (laughs) took the the title, though, for largest mall in America. Is that true? King of Prussia has been just behind the Mall of America for a long time. So it would not surprise me if like some land came available and they were like, we're taking it. Yeah. We got to, we got to beat the Mall of I America. I think so. We're annexing this land. They, that's nuts. It's, it's been just, it's been up there as like the second largest mall in, in America for a very long yeah, time. Yeah. And they, the only thing though is Mall of America has a roller coaster inside of it. And that's pretty hard. Right. Yes, it does. That is. Yes. Yeah. For those of you listening, King of Prussia is kind of a, a point centrally located between the three of us. So yeah. uh, that's it's it's local. It's a local reference. It's not something if you may have heard If we all wanted to of. meet in the middle, King yeah. of Prussia is where we would all <laughs> right. meet. That's where we go see John Wick 4 and 5 and 6. Yeah, that's where exactly. we would go. <laughs> so uh, also in 1992, AT&T released a video telephone, the first ever, for $1,499. So everything changes, but everything stays the same. Yeah. I was just <laughs> About to say exactly that. That's so funny. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty. Seems nuts. like it's very, very different, but actually, it's exactly it is. right. That's technology funny. very, very cyclical. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had on a on a on a downer note, but very important. Uh, the L.A. riots, right? That was 1992. Mm-hmm. Rodney King. I remember those. Yeah, that's. I was there for those. Oof, that, you were there. You were in Los Angeles. Yeah. Wow. Whoa. Did you live there or was that? Uh, yeah, I spent about half the time with my grandparents in, in South Central in Inglewood. So it was like happening. Wow, you were a, in it. Literally, literally like on the street and blocks away from us. Crazy. Wow. That, that was, yeah. uh, looking back on that is, it's, oh my goodness, it's craziness. Mm-hmm. There, there were friends like three doors away that um, had bullet holes in their cars parked in the driveway and stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. We, we were away. We were in a residential neighborhood. We were away from any of the like shops and stuff. So right. it didn't like super come into the neighborhood, but it did. We, there was a little bit happening like right around my grandparents' place. Yeah. Wow. Just being adjacent, not, you know, not a great place to be. So, mm-hmm. uh, also in 1992, uh, Bill Clinton became president. So that was, mm. uh, remember that? I remember that guy. Remember yeah. that? Saxophone. That was a time. That was that, a whole thing. That name is the bell. <laughs> Right. 
Remember ah. when it was easy to impeach somebody? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, sing! <laughs> I love it. We just lost a bunch of followers. <laughs> I don't want those people anyway. It's oh, good. God. <laughs> I, I made no judgments about anybody. Just that just a fact. it's pretty it. easy to impeach Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. Well, then maybe and, I'll uh, cut out my part where I inferred <laughs> what your meaning was. Maybe I won't. Fuck those people. <laughs> All right. Woo, this is going to be a great hot. episode. Oh, man. Here it is. Here we go. spicy today. 1992 in film. <laughs> this is the fun part. Again, yes. everything changes and Very stays good the year same. for film. Aladdin. Mm-hmm. The first Aladdin was so out in 1992. We had Home Alone 2, Batman Returns, Lethal Weapon 3, Few Good Men, Sister Act, The Bodyguard, Wayne's World, Basic Instinct, Unforgiven, Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. I don't know why I left that one on there. Jesus. Reservoir Dogs. Uh, that and... was a pretty great movie. So okay. let's not. Fair. All right. All right. Fair, 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 fair. Uh, and then our best picture winner that year, The Silence of the Lambs, which mm-hmm. is another that's Anthony Hopkins, very... John. Yeah. That's a very good year for movies. That really runs the gamut of like what kind of movie you like, there was a good one of them. Right. You, can't, you know what I mean? You like you're talking miss. The Bodyguard, you're talking Basic Instinct, Silence of the Lambs, Reservoir Dogs, yeah. Sister Act. Like, it doesn't matter. Wayne's World, whatever kind of genre of movie is your genre, there was a great movie that year. <laughs> it's unbelievable. unbelievable. I, already know, I already know Andrew's answer. So, Whitney, which movie would you watch for the rest of your life? <laughs> I'm so rude. Ah, <laughs> uh, That's a good question. I don't know. I think probably Basic Instinct. Really? Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Um, I rewatched that recently, and that movie is—I mean, it holds up. And it does hold up. It's insane how well it, it was made. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, that my first gut instinct was like Wayne's World or Sister Act because I just generally like to put on things that are fun and lighthearted to like yeah. distract myself from the terror of the world around me. Um, but Basic <laughs> Instinct is such a good movie, and I think it has more rewatchability than a lot hmm. of the other ones on this list. Yeah, sure, Andrew, you're, you're clearly going to say Batman Returns, so it's, there's no point even asking. No, you. I don't. I'm not a fan of Batman. Well, you know what? Uh, I take that back. Batman Returns is good, but that was not mine. Uh, that was not mine. Is it's on here? Mine is clearly on here, and it's what the other it? one. It's the other one. It's the other one. Yeah, the other one that would have been my go-to. Come on, F. Oh, the bodyguard. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Should have nailed known. it. No, it's gotta be. It's gotta be Wayne's World. I've watched that movie. That's that was like a Bill and Ted, like Bill and Ted and Wayne's World for me. I was like, these guys are funny and you know yeah. similar in every. Yeah, it was great. I think. I think I'm going a few good men. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. just it's just a great movie. Great story. What uh what's your performance in that? Um I just want to yell that you can't handle the truth like as often right. as I can. You're you're a Nicholson Nicholson man for that one. Yeah. Not Tom Cruise. Or you know. Well, I don't know. It's also fun to yell, did you order the code red? So <laughs> yeah, I can go either way. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Perfect. And then uh, popular on television. So this isn't necessarily things that debuted, although some of these did debut in 1992. So we had Law and Order, which I th- is that still on? I'm pretty yes. sure that show is no. still on. No, no. version of it, right? Isn't isn't like SVU still on? Uh, I th- maybe. think SVU might okay. still be on. I mean, they're definitely like a, it's still in syndication. 
Like yeah. you can turn on the yeah. TV and find a Law and Order just about anywhere. Yeah, but, I feel like uh, it's everything CBS that. runs is ju- it's just twenty four hour marathons of Law and Order. It's nuts. Yeah. But I, I think all the Law and Orders are done. I think it's only like NCIS is like the last one. Oh, that makes yeah. of, of like that that old guard of a, an original procedurals. Yeah, I think a lot of them have actually been canceled and they've moved on to other stuff. All those Dick Wolf shows, greatest yeah. name right. in history. Right. Uh, we also had America's Funniest Home Videos, The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, which I think, I don't know if that was animated or not. I've never even heard of that show. Uh, home no, Improvement. It's, uh, it's live action. Got it. Okay. Uh, also Home Improvement <laughs> and yeah. uh, Married with Children. Those were two of my favorites growing up, Married with Children and Home Improvement. So I liked Home Improvement because I had a crush on JTT, but I oh, yeah. hated Married with Children. <laughs> really? Not a fan? Yeah. No. All right. So that was 1992. We're off to a great start. I I love this episode already. Here we go. So we're going to talk about uh, 1992's Dracula. Today, we would have talked about the 1991 film Providence, the last film he did in 1991, but it doesn't, I I can't find it. I've reached out to- We don't believe it exists. I I have no, apparently it was at a film festival and it, it played for a group of people and then no one bought it or wanted it or anything. I can't find it. If in the future it pops up, we'll revisit it. I would love to. It's kind of a bummer, though, that the internet actually let us down that hard. Yeah. I, I think I mentioned earlier, I reached out to the writer because he has a Twitter account of that movie. He's still an active writer uh, to this day, for film and television. And, he, you know, I, I'm sure he gets a ton of tweets. So maybe it just got overlooked. But I was like, maybe if I just go to this guy, he could point me yeah. in the direction. But no, no, no love. Oh, no love. Wow. But as it stands, 1992's Dracula is what we're talking about. Here occurred the frightening and shocking history of Prince Dracula and the woman he loved. I have crossed oceans of time to find you. (sighs) Yeah. Dracula. There's a sinister, darker side to him. I find irresistible. I have never met any man with such a passion for life. He is unlike any man. What are you? Vampires do exist. This one we fight, this one we face. Can take on many forms. He's both young and old. So let's talk about the synopsis here. We have, uh, I pulled this from IMDb. I I think everybody pretty much has a good idea of what Dracula's all about. But uh, (laughs) the centuries-old vampire Count Dracula comes to England to seduce his barrister, Jonathan Harker's fiancée, Mina Murray, and inflict havoc in the foreign land. This was originally written by Bram Stoker, adapted to the screen by James V. Hart, and was directed by Francis Ford Coppola, which mm-hmm. is still crazy to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Co-starring alongside Keanu in this film is a murderer's row of talent. So we have mm-hmm. Gary Oldman, Winona Ryder, Anthony Hopkins, Richard E. Grant, Carrie Elwes, Billy Campbell, Sadie Frost, and Tom Waits. Tom <laughs> motherfucking Waits. Oh my God, I loved so him. So acted every single other person in this film. <laughs> 
right. coming out with the hot takes right away. Tom Waits is a better actor in this movie than anyone else who was in this movie. Wow. And got shafted in the end, oh. story-wise. Oh, man, what a bummer. <laughs> I, I think the phrase you were looking for was shanked. Shanked, sure. Also, I, uh, spoilers. I also, I squeaked. <laughs> Like, actually squeaked when Carrie Elwes came on screen because I did not remember him being in this movie at all. Yeah. Yeah. I no have no idea. I have thoughts about Carrie Elwes in this movie also. Everybody who says that Keanu is bad in this movie, I direct you to exhibit B, Carrie Elwes in this movie. Fight mm-hmm. me. Fight me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Critical and audience reception is uh, is higher than I, I anticipated, perhaps. Yes. But uh, Whitney, I'll let you take over for this part. At the time, and I remember this at the time, this was a box office smash. And it was also critically pretty well acclaimed. Um, so it is 72% certified fresh from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes, and it has a 79% audience score. Going back and watching it now, I feel like is a very different experience than watching yeah. it in theaters at the time. Um, and there's, I have a lot to say about it. We'll, we'll wait till we get finished out with this part of it before we get into <laughs> over generalized thoughts about why it did so well. But I definitely think that if you had all those same people go back and watch it now, it would not be that high critically. I think that's probably pretty accurate for audience score. Yeah. But I think if you went back now and asked all those same people to watch it again, it would de- significantly be lowered <laughs> if you asked people to revisit their initial reviews. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it doesn't age well. <laughs> well, I, I, I got to give it to the, well, we'll, we'll get into that. So let me yeah, just, I, I pulled these, we'll yeah, <laughs> I pulled these uh, user critic quotes. Just, these are, these are kind of middling, I would say for the most part, like uh, there was some high praise for this movie, but I, I go out of my way to avoid the five stars and the one stars, right? The people in the middle, they feel the most sane to me. Todd McCarthy at Variety, he said, overall, this Dracula could have been less heavy and more deliciously evil than it is, but it does offer a sumptuous engorgement of the senses. And that's a very sensual sentence right there. So that, you know, mm-hmm. that's why I picked that one. It is, yeah. <laughs> And user Stefano S. gave it four stars and said, saw it first when it came out back in 1992, and it still holds true to this day. Haunting and unforgettable images, truly ahead of its time considering its release date. Excellent performances across the board, a must-see. Uh, I agree with most of that. <laughs> most of it. Yeah. Um, I might go back to our previous episodes and pull some things that we said and then post them as reviews on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> as Cool Breeze Pod. I think that might be a fun thing to do. So yeah. I'm considering that. I don't know who we should start with because this is, I, I imagine we all have a lot to say about this movie, but overall, like, what are we thinking here? Did it work for, did it work for us? I'll, I'll no. abstain. I want to stand. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, Whitney I'm with out of the gate. What? All right. Okay. Go ahead. So, so here's the thing. And I could, I literally could write a thesis on this, but my sister and I have talked for many, many years about monsters in entertainment reflect the fears of the current population. So, for example, vampires have been around longer than almost any other monster. They, when they could turn into mist and like get through keyholes and stuff, that was when the plague was happening and no one was understanding how people were getting sick even when they were like in locked rooms and stuff like that. Mm. Um, Vampires didn't become sexy until the Victorian era when sexuality was repressed. 
Frankenstein came out at the Industrial Revolution. Vamp- uh, zombies didn't get fast until the Trade Center bombing. Interesting. Okay. There's a whole bunch of things where all throughout history, whatever the big bad is, directly correlates to whatever the population at the time is worried about. So this book was written by a guy who was scared of female sexuality. And that's what Bram Stoker's Dracula the book is about. Mm -hmm. The movie by Francis Ford Coppola, and I actually went and looked this up to make sure that I was right. (laughs) I had never, like halfway through this movie, I was like, this movie is about AIDS. And then I looked it up in 1992 was the year that it became the number one cause of death for U.S. men ages 22 or 25 to 44. Yeah. And it also there was a whole thing in Florida in 1992 where there was a 15 year old who had AIDS and he and his two younger brothers sparked a huge national conversation because there was a whole court battle about whether or not they could attend school. And it actually led to boycotts by local residents and the torching of their home. Wow. Okay. And so this movie is, and there's even a whole little bit about syphilis that Anthony Hopkins has. This movie is about sexually transmitted disease and infection, but specifically it's about the AIDS crisis. And I think that that's why, I even looked through reviews for people mentioning it and no one does, like critics don't talk about it. But I think that's why it resounded so much in the time with people be why it was so scary is because this is hardcore AIDS crisis, the number one cause of death of us men. And, uh, it, there's so much blood everywhere. The whole thing is blood and sex and, and blood and sex either or both equals you dying. Well, that's actually blowing my mind a little bit. There's even a line in the movie where he's like, did you like ingest any of the yeah. beast's blood? Yeah. Like he asks him outright and then he says, no, and he's like, great. You don't have the, Hmm. It's wild, actually. (laughs) So that's why I wanted to start, was to put that in context. There's so much of it that didn't age well. But I think why it was such a blockbuster at the time, and people didn't even necessarily realize it, because you can't really realize it until after the fact, of like what what our monster movie stories are telling. Um, Like all of our monster movie stories right now are about like racial prejudice, essentially. Yeah, Um, it's true. Or, or just prejudice in general. It, you don't necessarily realize it at the time why it's resonating with audiences until you look back at what people were scared of and how the movies tapped into that. And there's a lot of thing pieces out there. Like, for example, the whole zombies didn't get fast until the 9-11. Yeah. Go back and, and read some of that stuff. And, and there's a bunch of people who've, who've talked about it more eloquently than me. But halfway through this movie, I was like, this is about AIDS. And then I Googled to make sure I was right. And this is smack dab in the middle of the AIDS crisis. So um, I think keeping in mind that it psychologically was scarier then than it is now Mm -hmm. is something to keep in mind as we talk about it not working at all now. (laughs) Because there's a lot of stuff that I found very, very impressive. And technically, obviously... Um, they did, it was a big thing at the time, but it's still something that you can see. Everything was in camera. There were no digital effects and that like devotion to using in-camera effects because it harkened back to all of those old movies that Francis Ford Coppola liked as horror movies and stuff. And that scene in Lucy's bedroom that was clearly like the shining all over again. And like, there's like 50 movies visually referenced and a lot of them are thrillers and horrors. So this is 
there's a lot of technical work that went into this and it's very beautiful and it is very lush um, and it does engage the senses very much so. And it's, it also was definitely at the time, like I joked last time that we recorded about this being basically like a nine inch nails music video <laughs> <laughs> and having watched it again, I still think that's so true. Yeah. So it also stylistically, I think spoke to the time, but God, is it a boring movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Nothing happens for a movie that's as like dramatic and violent and full of sex and whatever as it is. That like nothing happens in it. I was bored for ninety percent of this movie. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's my overall thoughts. All right, Ev. Uh, you you are in agreement. Uh, yeah. Why don't you uh, Why don't you follow up? Well. Uh... I kind of feel like an asshole now for not having the existential experience that <laughs> Whitney did. But um, uh, for me, I, I'm like, I guess I, I just fail at like searching for the symbolism in movies. I watch them just very realistically and, and actually hats off to you, Whitney. That's impressive. Um, but the, for me, it was, yeah, just kind of more watching it for, I liked the story to Whitney's point. It was like hella slow and, and boring, but I liked what they were trying to achieve. Like the, the, the arc was there and like what they were trying to tell the backstory of Dracula was actually awesome, but it just didn't come across in the film correctly. And then a bunch of like, I know it's of the time, but that weird, like superimposed stuff that they did of like Dracula's eyes in the clouds and, you know, people's faces in between scenes and these kind of, fading in between different scenes and then sometimes just crazy random jump cuts like we saw in my own private Idaho. I was kind of harkening back to that, but that kind of stuff threw me off. I was actually pretty, I was okay until the like rain scene in the labyrinth in like the Mm -hmm. garden labyrinth. And when they were just literally like swinging a camera back and forth (laughs) and trying to make you feel like disoriented, but it just totally fell apart there. And I was like, all right, I was given this as much of my attention and credit as I could. Um, so it, it was there. Like if somebody else ran with this, it might've been better, but it, for the most part, it just missed on me. Interesting. Interesting. I definitely think it went over the top and I appreciate if you're going to do something like this, going so hard at it yeah. that you like it borders on camp. Like, I appreciate that. I feel like you that's the only way to do it. Like, Coppola wanted to do it. Like, you want to throw people in it and be just super dramatic and over the top and border on camp, and that's fine. But I feel like too much, it went over the top for me into camp and, and not enough in the, like, drama, romantic thriller kind of area that it was supposed to be. Yeah, you, you know, you mentioned that it went over the top in some of the reading that I was doing. They actually took 25 minutes out of the movie because it was too God. great. <laughs> whoa yeah they got, this like, was already imagine that movie being 25 minutes longer yeah <laughs> of gore of just pure gore i looked up here's what i here's what i did <laughs> i went back and i i was like francis ford coppola i actually still can't believe when i watched this movie and his at the end when the credits roll the first thing that directed by francis ford coppola and I, it still blows my mind this is the guy and i just went back and checked for my notes the godfather all mm-hmm. of them, the conversation, <laughs> the outsiders, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, the this uh, follow up to that uh, that I'm spacing on the name of right now. 
it's unbelievable to me that this is the same guy. So Whitney, to your point, I love that he went for it with this because yep. this is definitely he like all in. This is the most over the top thing that he has done to date, right? Even yep. now in his newer stuff, it, not even close to this level of like. I, I don't even know if there's a, a word that would accurately sum up what the hell's going on in this movie. So I love that he went for it. I will say it felt super slow, but my memory of it was almost uh, like a campy movie. So I, I, I don't know, like I watched it through the lens of my own memory of it uh, and I, I enjoyed it, right? I didn't think it was great. I didn't think it was terrible. I was... It was exactly what I had kind of remembered it in my head to be. Hmm. If it was 25 minutes longer, I probably would hate it. So I feel <laughs> like it ended exactly when it needed to. But I was just constantly, anytime I, I felt myself drifting, there were two things that brought me back into this film. So th th I, I will certainly admit there were a couple times when I was like, oh, let me check Twitter, see what's going on. I go, I go oh, new Keanu articles out, whatever. The two things that brought me back were the visuals, right? Uh, specifically, I just remember the one was when, uh, I believe it was Mina who first gets, uh, beckoned out of her room into the hedge maze and she's wearing that red, uh, nightgown or whatever. And it's like billowing and she's moving was, very strangely. Lucy. Oh, Lucy, my, my mistake, Lucy. That's yeah. what I meant. Uh, I was like this, this was beautifully shot. I, I loved everything about that. And then anytime Anthony Hopkins was on screen, I was like, this guy can say anything. You could give him any line, and I believe the line. It is insane, some of the stuff they gave him to say, and it worked for me. It worked. Now, I, that might not be true for the two of you, but I, that guy can do no wrong, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. So given all that, I, I thought it was fine. There were some really, truly great pieces of cinematography in this movie. I liked the, the blocking. Uh, I put myself back in the shoes of like 1992. I liked some of the stuff they did with Dracula's castle, how it was very purposefully disorienting. They played with things like, you know, there's a scene of like a, a beam superimposed on the top of the screen and rats are upside down, but the camera's in the other direction. I was like, whoa, this mm -hmm. was very cool to me. But again, Watching it through the lens of my memory. I, I like when the when the shadows do other stuff. Oh, yeah. Yes, that, that was, was one great. of my favorite things. When the shadows like look like they're coming in from the left, but then the characters on the right, or when the shadow choked Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, and I would have got the hell out of that castle as soon as I, you know, he that, mm -hmm. the shadow. He's like, he looks over. He's like that. There, he turns around. Dracula's behind him. I'm like, I'm out. This is where yeah. I live. <laughs> but you know, Keanu was, um, you know. He existed in this movie. I, yeah, I'm torn about this, and and maybe you two can help me help walk me through this because when a movie is made, right, you have like a cat, you have casting people, mm -hmm. and they're in charge of like finding candidates, right? But ultimately, mm -hmm. it comes down to the director who chooses the people that like one that should be on screen. So clearly, Francis Ford Coppola saw Keanu Reeves and his performance and was like, that's the guy, right? I don't know if there are politics involved. Also, I'm sure there are to a degree, but. Well, so I heard something about that, okay. um, which is both Francis Ford Coppola and Keanu Reeves have said post Dracula that they regret what they did with Dracula in regards to the other person. 
Huh. Francis Ford Coppola was convinced that because this movie was so much about older men and younger women and blood and sex and gore that he needed a heartthrob to get women in the audience. Oh. And he regrets choosing Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves regrets taking the role because he comes off of three movies back to back to back. Yeah. And he was like, I had nothing left in me to do this part. I didn't give it anything. And I should not have taken it. I should have said no to this because I just didn't have anything in the tank and I did not give a performance that I am proud of. Sounds wow. like someone was doing some research. <laughs> <laughs> no! We'll get there in a sec. So, that all right, that makes a lot of sense to me then. To be fair, I did this research, like, before we started recording this podcast because the, one of the first things I thought of talking about was this movie and how bad Keanu Reeves is in this movie. Um, and I, and I read about that. So that's the only thing that I know. I don't know any of like fun facts or trivia to spoil America's favorite game, but (laughs) all right, I do know that part of it. So Coppola was like, there's no way we're going to get women to see this movie unless we have someone who's like a little bit of an underdog, but is a heartthrob right now and can bring women into the theater. And that was Keanu Reeves for him and for Francis Ford Coppola regrets that decision. Keanu Reeves regrets saying yes. So. All right. So, and and that makes a lot of sense to me. And because he essentially carries the first half of the movie, right? It's, it's him and Gary Oldman. And I don't, I don't even think we see Anthony Hopkins until maybe 50 minutes in. Like. Yeah. A long way into the movie. yeah. Yeah. So a lot is resting on his performance early on and throughout. So, Okay. That's, you know, all right, I get it now. That makes a lot of sense. Beyond that, I thought Winona Ryder was killing it. Obviously, Anthony Hopkins was killing it. Tom Waits, as Whitney said. Tom Waits. Did an amazing job. Fuck. It's Fuck. (laughs) Tom Waits, man. He did such a good job in this movie. Yeah. As... Yeah, as Renfield, he had a room to work with and always in a straitjacket. And still, I was like, this guy, he knows what's up. So mm-hmm. I think that's a, for me, it was, it was, it's like a middle ground, this movie. I, some things I really liked, some stuff you could probably throw away entirely. But, I, you know, I think I'm maybe a little bit more positive on it than both of you. But I'm not, I'm not negative on it. I just like, if you were making this movie now, it would need to be an hour shorter to work. And I just think that it's just too long and not having that sort of underlying tension that came from what I think it psychologically made it resonate with people. It hmm. just for me, I was like, I, b- before Anthony Hopkins even showed up in the movie, I was like, God, how long is the runtime of this movie? I know how much more story there is to come. Yeah. And anytime that at one point in the movie, you're like, fuck, how many minutes are left in this? That's not a, you know, that's not a good movie. But I also think so much of it was good and i think so much of it was sort of of its time um and i i love all the technical stuff and how much of it is an homage to previous horror and thriller and whatever like there's so much that went into this movie i certainly don't like hate it but also i would not sit down and watch it again unless i had to I'm curious where both of you are going to put this in the rankings. So yeah, that'll I also be... am curious because I don't know. <laughs> don't I've been peek. thinking about that. No peeking. All right. <laughs> do we <laughs> do we have any other high level thoughts? Just th- any call outs we wanted to uh, talk about before we move on? Just how bad Keanu's accent is. <laughs> 
it was it was slightly better than his last accent. Refresh me. His last in, accent um, was in. Uh, oh my god, totally blanking. Where he's like, you talking about dangerous liaisons? Yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, not a high bar to. Uh, but also, you know. also, when, where he's supposed to be like the southerner. Tune in well, tomorrow. Uh, yeah, tune in tomorrow. Tune in tomorrow. Man, tomorrow. Totally Got blanking. it. Oh, okay. All right. I thought you were going back to the other English. Uh, I think type he's thing. getting better each time. Okay. I don't know if he. It'd be curious. I, I don't know. Does he do that. any more accents going forward? I think he probably just drops he's, the. Pr- Pretense, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. We've got like 50 movies to go. I bet there's another accent in there. I can't wait for the next accent then. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there's one at some point. I'm sure he does one in Street Kings. I have no idea. So that was the first movie. All right. I guess we're we're getting into it. America's favorite game with Mm. theme song. Pop quiz, asshole. There was a time when I had the need to learn from you. Oh, what the hell do you know? Lose! I don't lose! I win! She's got a lot to learn about sportsmanship. So exciting! Pop Quiz Asshole is our little quizzo show that we do here where the host of the show asks us, the participants, in this case, Ev will be asking Whitney and I questions, trivia related to the movie, sometimes. Keanu related also. We each get three questions. If we get it wrong, the other person has the chance to steal. And if Ev feels so inclined, there might be a bonus question in the end mm. for us. So uh, we don't know any of this and we vow not to do any research beyond the very, you know, very easy cast type stuff. So mm. <laughs> uh, Ev, you, you are leading this. Take us away. You choose who goes first, who gets what. Make it happen. Um... Okay, I'm going to say that Andrew goes first. I don't like it. Okay, here we go. (laughs) All right, are you ready, Andrew? I was born ready. Okay, we'll see. Who else was considered for Von Helsing's role? You have three options. Was it Liam Neeson, (laughs) Jack Nicholson, or John Malkovich? Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. I'm, I'm ruling out Neeson right away. I don't think the age was right. I'm just, I'm thinking, I, given Coppola, I'm going to say Nicholson. Shouldn't have ruled him out so fast because it was Liam Neeson. Evan, you're changing the rules. Evan, Whitney can't steal. Oops. Damn it. <laughs> you pulled the Whitney there, Evan. I you did. You never, ever, ever give me shit again. <laughs> I was so excited that he- I played this game. Son oh, of a bitch. Man. All I right, won't fine. I can't steal the next one. That's the rule. And then we can okay, go back to fair. we can we'll go, go back, back to, to law and order. Unless, God. unless Evan wants it to turn this into the Wild West again. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> oh. You just wanted me to be wrong. I heard I, it in your it, voice. It was it was so exciting that you like ruled him out so quick. I ruled you know? out the number one, the answer immediately. <laughs> Shit. I can't imagine what that movie would have been like with Liam Neeson in it. Yeah, it was wild. How old was he when? The, what was he like? Pretty young. Yeah, I'm figuring like Liam Neeson now and Taken. It's like a 50, 55 year old dude. He's like, oh, I guess he was probably right. I'm just thinking Anthony Hopkins was what is was he 40, 45 at the time? I don't know. It's great. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> Fuck. Whitney, are you ready? Yes. All right. 
What substance was used in the movie as the blood? You have three options. Was it corn syrup, jelly, or powdered sugar? Um. Obviously liquid. How is it powdered if it's liquid? <laughs> I definitely don't think it's powdered sugar. I, I'm going to go with jelly. Unbelievable! Okay. <laughs> it just seemed thicker than, than corn syrup, and powdered sugar with liquid in it is frosting, so. <laughs> mm. But it is a common, um, common recipe item for fake blood, powdered sugar. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, like a thickener. Yeah. Yeah, that would um, be like for a wound. All right. All right, Andrew. I'm ready to rule out the answer. Here we go. Contrary to an earlier point, there is one non-in-camera effect in this movie. Fuck. Name the only optical effect that takes place in this entire movie. Okay. I'm not giving you options. What are my options? None. <laughs> the movie. <laughs> the two plus hour runtime of this film are my options um uh, the only optical non optical yeah, so it wasn't on the yeah. set wasn't done it was it when uh, a man fell off the edge of the cliff at, uh, towards the end during the chase sequence Damn it. <laughs> he Whitney, really fell take... off a cliff? <laughs> <laughs> Whitney, do you want to take a stab? Um, turning the mist green. The, the answer is the blue flame. Damn it. I forgot about that. It was such a short. It, yeah, it was lit. Yeah. All right. Fair. Yeah. That makes sense. That, that's the only one, according to the research. But that wasn't. Okay. What? Well, that was still. I'm just trying to. Was it Mina's blue flame? No, it was like when they approached the castle. Yeah, the ring of blue fire that was like well, out. That was that was really that was filmed blue flame though, not no, no, CGI no. type stuff. That wasn't blue, not the ring that protected them. And they like oh. approached the castle. Yeah, no, no, like, I'm, the the like the like vortex kind of thing with the blue fire. I thought that was filmed fire, not no CGI. Oh, but anyway, oh, continue. Oh. No, yeah, hmm. Whitney. Yes. Um, name one other time. There are two. Name at least one other time. Anthony Hopkins was in the movie other than as Von Helsing. And I have to name one of them? Yes. He was the priest at the beginning. That's very <clears throat> correct. Andrew, did you know that? I, I did not know that. I probably should have, but I was uh, focused on the armor that uh, Vlad was wearing <laughs> and how... Tenderly, it, it was like muscle, yeah, was, like yeah. fiber. That was <laughs> like, weird. Yeah, um, weird. Do either of you want to try and think of the other time? He was in this movie another time. He, he yeah, he was not as Van Helsing, but just a background type player. Sure. Huh. Either of you have any guesses? Was he one of the gypsies by any chance? <laughs> no. God damn it. I, I'm just trying. Swinging for the fences here. At first, I thought you meant like the female like nymphs. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, no, I meant the Dracula's protector people. Totally ineffectual. Uh... No, he was. Um, 
he was the voiceover for the captain of the oh, ship. Oh shit! I didn't. All right, I knew that. I love his voice. I I I didn't think. Yeah. Narrator you knew that a before he's like on screen. You know, very obviously. Like, oh yeah, that's him. Um, okay. The Andrew. All right. Name the other movie that Anthony Hopkins and Gary Oldman were in. Yeah, this isn't gonna end well for me either. And and with no multiple choice. Right. No, because there's you know there's plenty. You would be so it, mad if we did this to you, Evan. I know. Well, I'm I'm dealing with some <laughs> titans of of film here. So <laughs> is it? God damn it! I only have one other. I'm th- like only one other thing came to my head, and I think it's wrong. Shit. I'm gonna go with what dreams may come. No, interesting. God guess, damn though. it! All right, great movie. Yeah, Whitney. Any guesses from you? Were they in Hannibal together? They were. God ah. damn it! I haven't seen that movie in forever, but it is a really good movie. All right, See, that's why I couldn't I, say I, it. Like you know. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't remember. Gary Oldman is unrecognizable because his face is all chewed up in yeah, that movie. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Gives me the willies. I don't like it. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, Whitney. Yes. Identify the scene in the movie that was filmed in reverse. I know which one that is, uh, because I noticed it while we were watching. It's when when, uh, Lucy goes back into her, like, crypt, like her... um, Yeah, her coffin crypt. She, like, slinks back up it, and, like, the way she lays down and her eyes closed, I was like, oh, that looks so weird, and I was like, they did it in reverse. I actually mentally was, like, noting that as it happened, because it was was very effective. Yeah, it was. It Mm -hmm. it gave you that, like, exorcist feel a little bit. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Great, great work. Okay, so that's our six, but we do have a bonus. You ready for the bonus? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are the parameters of this one? First one to answer, or what? First what's to answer, the... yeah. All right, fair. Who turned down the role of Brent? Was it <laughs> Johnny Depp, Steve Buscemi, or Christopher Walken? Fuck. <laughs> oh man. I really, I'm going. I want it to be Walken. Walken's my answer. Steve Buscemi. Whitney is correct. How many points is that? Uh, that's, that's two points. That's a bonus. Fuck. Guess what? I scored zero. <laughs> and I'm not even hosting. I have to. I have yeah, to go I back to the list. Yeah, I scored zero. Well, that doesn't even count. You, you, every time you host, you should score zero. <laughs> Except that one time when I got a point and I was hosting. That was great. <laughs> Thanks, Whitney. You're welcome, All right. Andrew. Um. Yeah. Oh man. So how many points do I have now? God damn it. All right. Let me I wasn't even counting how many times I won just now. All right. You won. (laughs) This is I will say this is your best game to date. It has to be, yeah. It's six total points this game alone. Yeah. Do you remember how many you had last week? I think it was four. I could be wrong. Uh, was I think it you, four? I think you hmm. got two. I think you got two of the regular questions right, and then you got my bone. I know you got the bonus question right. I, think I don't remember. I don't recorded, remember. Yeah. Thank God. It is recorded. I'll have to revisit. Yeah. I didn't have it filled in on our chart here. But assuming you got four last week, you now have 25 points. Oh, God. Yeah. Evan, you have eight. I yes. remain single digits at nine, where yes. I anticipate staying for quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> at, but given my current just, uh, capability. <laughs> turning.
turning you both into paste. I t- look, it's already yeah. signed, sealed, delivered. This laser disc. <laughs> <laughs> ah. All right. Uh, oh boy. All right. Ugh. America's favorite fun. game. I love it. It's great. I love it too. So good. <laughs> Evan, you are yeah. hosting this mm-hmm. uh, this very wonderful episode of Dracula. So please yeah. take us away. So we start in 1462. And Vlad Dracula is a member of the Order of the Dragon. And he actually, uh, he went out into battle against the Turks, um, much to his, his wife's um, dismay, because she had this feeling that he wasn't going to survive. Elizabeth, is that what they, how they pronounced mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, she actually receives a false report of his death. And because of this, she commits suicide. Um, and he actually comes back to this. And I wasn't actually too pleased with this scene because I feel like for her, and maybe they speak to this because the priest ends up like shouting that she's damned forever. Yeah. Um, even though she writes this letter that's like, oh, we're, we're, it's fine. We'll be back together in heaven. And the priest is like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, she's, she's done for. Um, they didn't really do a nice job of like portray or of like displaying her body. You guys know, is that because she committed suicide? But yes, yeah, she's not allowed a Christian burial. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Cause she was just kind of like thrown on the steps of the yeah. church or whatever. At any rate. So the priest or Anthony Hopkins is, is shouting at him. And I kind of blame the priest ultimately for turning, <laughs> for turning him bad. He started like, it. Yeah. He could have been a little more gentle. You didn't have to like shout and, you know, scream at this guy that the love of his life is like never going to be in heaven. So could have all ended there. Anyway, she's condemned to hell, obviously. And Dracula's so angry that he like freaks out, shouting, screaming, denounces his faith or renounces his faith. And then he like stabs into a stone cross, which was actually cool, with his sword. Mm-hmm. And then everything that can bleed does in the entire <laughs> chapel. There's <laughs> like uh-huh. statues crying blood and, you know, Candles blood everywhere. leaking blood. And so, much blood. <laughs> so much jelly. leaks blood. So much jelly. And so he's like shouting at the same time. He's like, I'm going to avenge this because my God has forsaken me by becoming like hella evil. And that's going to make everything better. And then he drinks the blood from the candles and from the statues. And we don't really know whose blood it is. I assume Jesus's blood. I guess it was. It was a lot. Jesus is a vampire confirmed. But that's, that's kind of, that's kind of his like backstory. We get an idea of how this all happened. And then we're in 1897 and we meet Jonathan Harker, who is our favorite person. (laughs) <laughs> who is going to Transylvania. Not in this movie. In this movie, our favorite person is Tom Waits, but in general. <laughs> <laughs> Good clarification, yes. Right. Um, who's going to Transylvania to meet this Count Dracula, who's like this crazy person, according to, I guess, like his boss, right? Because he's a solicitor. Like, Jonathan Harker is meant to be not of importance. He's not important. Yeah, so I didn't... I did not remember uh, how much of this movie 
And I don't remember the book at all. I read like a little bit of the book and then I gave up because it just wasn't interesting to me. I don't like the style of a bunch of letters and diary entries back and forth. Yeah. yeah. But I don't remember how much of this is instigated by real estate. Like there's a lot of real estate in the very beginning of this movie. Mm. Yeah, that's the that's the reason he's traveling, right? He's going to sell he's property that's or whatever. The reason why they're like sending him away instead of, you know, just doing your day-to-day solicitor business or whatever. And and I remember like it really took me by surprise cuz a the whole this is why you're going out to Dracula is, is real estate, but also when he gets there and Keanu Reeves is like why these specific locations basically he says are you trying to drive the value of the neighborhoods up by buying these certain houses (laughs) and i was like man there's so much real estate talk at the beginning of this movie yeah it is interesting this is and this is on the heels of so i think they mentioned this but the heels of renfield having come back literally insane insane so like renfield was sent to do this first and then he yes. came back and now he's in an asylum. Yes. And we got to send like, well, our next guy. Let's throw another one in there. <laughs> we got to yep. make this. We got to close. We got to close. Yeah. yeah. Dude, just keep going. Keep trying. <laughs> and I do, I do think that's why they send Keanu Reeves character, because I think he's like the most canon foddery person that they can sort of expendable. Yeah. To send him out here and close this deal. <laughs> oh. <laughs> canon foddery. Love it. So. Jonathan travels to Transylvania and the whole like red sky thing. You guys remember this when he's like in the carriage? Mm-hmm. It yep. was weird. At any rate, he goes out to Transylvania to um, meet up with Dracula and he meets him and he, he basically discovers this picture of basically they meet and they do like all the pleasantries and we see that Dracula wears a, a very impractical cape around his <laughs> castle. Uh, that's probably 40 feet long. At least. And there's a funny line when they're like doing dinner and everything where he says, uh, and I never drink. And then there's a pause and he says wine. Like, Classic. Oh, okay. Nice. Classic Good line. Yeah. And uh, at any rate, um, Dracula kind of happens upon a photo of Jonathan's fiance, Mina. And we're learning that she's a dead ringer. She's a dead <laughs> ringer for Elizabetta. I'm going to say it different every time. Good. <laughs> so this sparks interest, right? Dracula's like, whoa, maybe it worked. Maybe like me becoming this bloodthirsty, crazy, evil person actually did bring her back. And so he's like, go write letters to all your loved ones that you're going to stay here a lot longer than. And then he warns. Jonathan, like, don't leave your room because this castle is all kinds of weird. <laughs> and of course, Jonathan's like, whatever, dude, I'm going to check out whatever I want. So <laughs> he, he grabs a candle um, and he starts walking around and he happens upon Dracula's like evil dark brides. There's three of them. And the, the wives. The wives. These are, this is where we're like thrusted into. The sexuality of this movie. No pun intended. And (laughs) it's 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 a lot. It's like suddenly there are these three women that are just like taking over Keanu as he he found this room and they're just like in there. They want to feast on him basically for his blood and for all the bad stuff that evil people do. Mm. (laughs) 
villains. Um, <laughs> let's not yuck anybody's yums here. Evan. I've done it again. I'm casting a lot of aspersions on people who want to bone down. I've done it again. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people that want to like <laughs> chew on each other and suck blood while they're while they're getting after yeah. it. That, yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. So Dracula shows up and he's like, "Get off him. He's mine." Uh, which was weird. That was like a weird thing that happened there. Um, I, I couldn't really figure out the whole like ownership for him. I guess he just really wanted to keep him there and keep him alive. Well, that's the thing is he needed him. He needed him alive. Yeah. To be able to um, get Mina. Yeah. Yeah. He's bait. Uh, in exchange for saying he's mine. They were like, don't we get anything? And he's like, yeah, you do. You get a baby. He gives him a sweet oh. baby. Yeah. What? Andrew, don't yuck anyone's yums, dude. <laughs> I don't nope, think that that's yum you can yuck. All right. <laughs> yeah. I was in uh, the right. Yeah, yeah, that was creepy. That was super Eating creepy. a baby. I'm okay with someone yucking that yum. <laughs> okay. Right. That should not be a yum. I'll go out on a limb. <laughs> yep. I'll go out on a limb and say. Eating babies is not a yum. Right. Just a yuck. <laughs> um, then uh, Jonathan kind of starts doing some investigative stuff and he sees that. The you know Dracula's little peons are like boxing up dirt from the basement of the castle in these giant crates, and they're putting them on ships, and they're being taken to Carfax Abbey, which is one of Dracula's other pieces of real estate, as we as we've mentioned, and we get this idea that like he's headed there because of Renfield. Renfield has these like premonitions, right? Like Dracula's been speaking to him. Uh, across the ocean and he's like he's coming he's coming here and then we're kind of introduced to this jack character who's the doctor in the asylum who is one of lucy's three we'll we'll learn about lucy in a little bit but he's one of like lucy's three love interests so um dracula emerges presumably from one of these dirt crates as a kind of like a wolf human um amidst this pretty crazy storm and he goes after this new character lucy lucy is the friend of mina she she's kind of this seductress and or maybe not seductress she's like uh i don't know she's this bubbly young aristocrat seductress yeah (laughs) she's much wealthier than mina is they make that point very clear a couple of times yeah and so she gets seduced by Dracula as this wolf man. And that's like a super graphic scene, actually, mm-hmm. when yeah. that goes down. Uh, there's like a very graphic uh, wolf on woman sex scene mm-hmm. in the garden. And this is the scene, Andrew, you're referencing with like the billowing red dress and everything. Yeah. So and Mina like witnesses all of it. And she's like, what the hell? is going on here and then dracula sees her it's like oh that's her you gotta get out of here (laughs) (laughs) i think he might doesn't he he glamours her like don't see me or like like, yeah he like so she doesn't remember right (laughs) no 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 that's a different uh (laughs) different timeline different yeah well no but we're gonna talk about how much he looks like the emperor a little bit later andrew so (laughs) there was a scene (laughs) it could be the fourth anyway all right so Jonathan's like still gone, still in Transylvania. He's now basically imprisoned. Trying, trying to escape the castle. Yeah. And the brides. 
so Lucy, as you might expect, starts getting pretty sick, right? Because she's just gotten bitten by a vampire and she now has the quote unquote like bad blood in her and it's taking over her cells and all this and that. This means that they need to bring in a doctor. So then we see this Jack guy from the asylum come over and he's like, I'll check her out. I'm a doctor. He's like, I don't know what the hell this is. Um, and we also see the other guys, Quincy, and we see um, uh, Arthur. Right? So those, these are the three yes. guys that she's been interested in. Arthur's her fiance, Lucy's fiance. But they're like, all right, we need to get the big guns in here to figure this out. So let's get Van Helsing involved. And they're like, all right, cool. So immediately we, we see Van Helsing like teaching this class to a bunch of gentlemen about vampire bats, which was, which was actually interesting. I, I thought that was a cool little way to introduce Van Helsing. He's like a professor. Yeah. And, and he lets himself get bitten by the, the vampire bat. It was interesting. But anyway, he sees Lucy and he's like, oh yeah, this is clear cut. But he doesn't really say that, but he's, it's pretty obvious that he knows something everyone else doesn't. And he puts the pieces together that she kind of like belongs or is the side effect of Dracula. Now we see the old, well, young, the young Dracula in daylight. And it, what was interesting here is how they explain that, like, to, to make the movie make sense, they're like, actually, it's fine if Dracula, if, if vampires are in, are in daylight. Not a big deal. They're just I not have, strong. <laughs> I have I have three things I want to say about what what happens here. First yeah. of all, this totally undercuts Blade. Sorry. <laughs> what a problem. It's very problematic for Blade. I'll never watch that movie again now. <laughs> Two, they did this amazingly. I thought this was great. There was this transition from a like a 35 millimeter hand crank camera yeah, kind yep. of mm-hmm. look into the real movie. And that was mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. And then my third point is that Gary Oldman might have chosen a lot of his roles based on cool ass hairstyles. And that's all yep. I'm going to say. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I'm thinking this. I'm thinking Fifth Element. I'm thinking yep. a couple other movies that he was in. Great hair. Yeah. Great hair. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. Sorry for the tangent. No, that's perfect. So we see Dracula as young and handsome, right? Kind of like he was back in 1462. And he's, he meets and he tries to charm Mina, Jonathan's fiance. And she's like, first she's like not having it. And then Dracula uses the force and he makes her (laughs) think that she likes him. And, and she like kind of falls for him uh, a little bit because he's like a prince and he's whatever. He's attractive and this and that. And he's got away with words. But while this little affair is taking place, she gets a letter from a convent that's like, hey, your boy is here. He fell off a roof and now he's here. <laughs> he fell really far. He did. He made the same fall that Elizabeth made and yeah. left. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he's all beat up, but we have him at the convent. He's mostly safe. You should come see him in Romania. She's like, oh my God, what have I been doing? I need to go over there and marry him so that, you know, let's get this thing done. Fun fact about the marriage is that for a while, there were fears that 
that they were actually married because Coppola insisted that a real priest be there to make it feel more realistic. And they actually like went through the whole ceremony. There's like, she actually came out, Winona actually came out in like 2008 and stated that she was afraid that she was actually married to, <laughs> to him. Um, why would you yeah. be afraid of that? That's amazing. <laughs> right. Awesomely, um, we're married. Yeah. How about it? On a movie set. <laughs> So uh, they do this marriage and Dracula's like, uh-uh, mm, no, 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 <laughs> that's mine. And he's like, I'm going to get back at Mina by uh, making Lucy like a real deal vampire. So I'm going to show up at her place. I'm going to turn into a wolf and I'm going to like chew on her for a while. And then there's going to be like an unbelievable amount of blood that comes from everywhere. And then I'll feel better. So. <laughs> that is exactly how it played out that's what it that is. is how it went down it definitely is how it went down yeah so we got van helsing and holmwood and seward or, or well, basically the guys all the guys all the guys they're like van helsing's like listen you guys got to believe me she looked dead right because she was you know chewed on by a wolf but she's not i promise she's undead and so we need to go, like, actually kill her dead, dead. Mm-hmm. And so they go to her crypt, right? And they, un- they, they take the lid off of the crypt, and she's gone. But then she shows up. She walks down into the mausoleum or whatever it is, and she's holding, like, a kid, five-year-old girl. <laughs> yeah, what is happening? And kids like, are delicious. I, I, yeah, it's, like, young blood, I guess. And it's. It's like human veal. I don't know why you're so surprised by this. <laughs> Great analogy. Van Helsing puts the cross in front of her and she's yeah. like, uh oh, starts shouting and making terrible noises. And then, like we talked about, she does like the whole reverse scene back into her plastic creepy, coffin. Creepy call, crawl back at, backwards yeah. into the coffin. I yeah. love that. It was good. I think this is my favorite scene in the whole movie is this yeah. scene with Lucy and the, and the, them going to get her and she, She's not there and the baby and like uh, just everything. I think this is my favorite scene in the yeah, whole movie. I'm with you. It was well done. Um, at any rate, they're like, all right, two steps to, to actually kill a vampire. We got to put a railroad tie through her heart and we need to, or not a railroad tie, railroad spike through her heart. And uh, it would be really hard to put a railroad tie through someone's heart. And <laughs> we, need, we need to. But it'd probably be effective for very, just about anything. Super yeah. effective. If you found um, a way. It, if you can get it up and through a person, then yeah. probably whatever, whatever supernatural creature that person is, is probably going to be dead. Oh, yes. Yeah, big hole. And <laughs> we also need to take her head off. So uh, they do that. They put mm-hmm. the stake through her chest. They cut her head off. And now it's like, cool. Lucy's done. Can I pause for one second here? Yeah. I don't want to backtrack too far, but there was this moment right before this all happened when they're at the funeral. And I believe it was Jack walks up to uh, Van Helsing and Van Helsing's like, I need my postmortem knives. And he thinks he's going to do an autopsy. He's like, no, no, no. I just want to take out her heart and chop off her head. And he delivers (laughs) that line. And again, anybody else that would have not worked, but Anthony Hopkins. And he's like, what, what, what? You get this look on his face. Like we have to do this. I loved it. That was one of my favorite. I laughed out loud for that line. in a movie That was not meant to be a comedy in any way. Right. Yeah. I'm with you. 
Jonathan and Mina come back to London after their Romanian wedding. Jonathan's like, sometimes in movies this irks me, and I don't know if this was on purpose, but the like fake gray hair stuff, like can't can people get better at making people look old? Like you can't you can't just put gray in people's hair and be like, oh yeah, he's <laughs> well, older no, that, now. That was because of the trauma stuff? that he went through. Yeah. Okay. All right. It, That's it, better then. Yeah, it's because of the vampire stuff that he has artificially grayed hair or like preternaturally grayed hair. Okay, great. Uh, that helps. Will it grow back dark? I think it's dark by the end of the movie. Oh, I know it got, it did get less gray towards the end. So yeah, there was a, there was a gray climax and then it (laughs) came back. It was very gray. (laughs) It was at one point, but anyway, they're back in London and Van Helsing and Jonathan are like, we got to go get the guy. We got to go get Dracula. We got to, we got to take care of this, this terrible person. And so they go to Carfax Abbey and they see all the, the, the boxes of soil that are meant to be like his little incubators. And so they destroy them all and they burn them and they like put holy water and everything on them. Not in that order. And it's, and a snake and a snake. There was a snake. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the snake was for, but it was there. The snake like sizzled at one point. It was a really, the... it was a really cute little snake guy. It was like white. I liked him. <laughs> yeah, he was cute. Right. I wonder if that snake had an agent. Probably. <laughs> He's in the, he's in SAG. Yeah. <laughs> so Dracula goes into the asylum where he takes care of, uh, he, he, so a little bit of a backtrack. Renfield meets Mina when she comes to hide in the asylum. And he's like, you got to get out of here because you're like beautiful and he's a crazy and he's going to come do terrible things to you. Mm-hmm. And she's like, whatever, I'll hide in this office. That'll be safe with an open window. I'll be fine. Yeah. With a window looking at the Abbey. Anyway, that was, that was another like comedy moment in this movie when there's all the screaming of like tortured, crazy people in the background. And yeah. he's like, you'll be safe here. Right. And closes the door as it's like man, like screaming in the background. I, lo- right. I laughed so loud when he was like, don't worry, you'll be safe here. And yeah. then it sounds like the least safe place you could be. Mm-hmm. Also, what the hell was the deal with the orderlies wearing cage helmets? I didn't, un- what, is that to protect their faces that, or? Yes, yeah. it's to protect their faces from the inmates in this area. God, that's, okay. that's a real thing. I did not, I've never seen that before, but it, it was a cool thing to see all these guys in the background, like with all these crazy Metal Cube. cage helmets. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was nuts. All right. It's, understood. it's a good Halloween costume. That would be a, that's a deep mm-hmm. cut is what they call it's, that. <laughs> that is a deep cut. It's some PVC. And no one would get that. <laughs> yeah. You give them all a hard time. Like what? Dracula? Come on. Yeah. That's a great thing. If you want to explain what you are all night. <laughs> right. <laughs> so at any rate, um, Renfield obviously gets, gets killed by Dracula for this. Cause he's like, dude, you, you went he against her. Yeah, that's rude. And so he kills Renfield by like slamming him against the, the door multiple times. That was wild. Yeah. Yeah, that was a way to go. They do say at one point, like they make it clear that Renfield, part of the reason why he's trying to like warn Mina away and, and thwart his master's plans is because he's jealous because he was promised eternal life and now he realizes oh, yeah. he's not going to get it because he's only going to give it to like pretty ladies. 
and not yeah. him. And so that's kind of they they don't do it super clearly, but they do say like Renfield this whole time has been thinking he's going to be given a mortal life and be turned into a vampire. And at this point, Renfield has realized that will never happen. He's just going to be this weasley little servant guy. And that's why he sort of like goes against his nature to warn her to get away from him, trying to fight against his master who's realizing is not actually going to do any of the things he promised. It's like a little bit of a plot hole for me, because if you're a vampire, it's like, you know, I'll take blood anywhere. Like all all Dracula had to do was like bite Renfield. It's like, no, it's like that's a big he had to give Renfield his blood. OK, all right, fine. It's like bite him, <laughs> enjoy his blood and then like prick his finger and be like, here. You have you have now you try now you're yeah, eternal. But, but now you have to deal, Evan, with. Renfield for the rest of eternity. Yeah. True. Yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, He was willing to go to an asylum for you. That should be worth something. Yeah, but is is he really a person that you want to hang out with for the rest of all time? I don't know. That's tough. I never met him. You You have to consider that before you turn somebody. You might be beholden to be this annoying person's friend forever. Right. Renfield, no. Tom Waits, yes. Oh, oh. Well. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Now we're talking. Um, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Renfield's basically smushed against the door a couple times and he dies. Um, Mina is in, is still in this office and she gets visited by, by Dracula uh, after he kills Renfield. And she's like smitten, at least briefly. She's like, oh my God. Thank God you came back to me in a form of green smoke. So to me, this is one of the plot holes of the movie, of the movie specifically, not necessarily of the book, is they insinuate both right when she's sort of falling for him before she goes to marry Jonathan, and now also in this scene, there's some indication that she is like has the memories of this past woman that she looks like, but it's never explicit. And it's so hard to tell whether it is Dracula sort of doing his, you know, using the force on her, or is it like she actually (laughs) is in some way reincarnated from this wife? Is she, why does she have the memories of this wife or does she even have them? Or is she just like being romantic and guessing certain things? Or does it have to do with being under Dracula's thrall? Like, it's not ever clear enough to me in this movie why she's acting the way that she is. And if it's because there's a like a, an actual bond between them or whether it's, you know, vi- vampire magic or whether it's, you know, Mina just being a hoe. Like, they don't really <laughs> go into it enough for me. <laughs> I, I'm of the mind that she's reincarnated. I think that's what they were trying to get. I see now I don't agree. See, I... <laughs> I wasn't agreeing with that point. I was agreeing with the other thing where I think it's his influence. It could be any, I mean, I I think he's just, he's in the room and he's wishing so hard that she was her, that she's getting this flood of memories. Cause it's too, some of the guesses are too specific. Like the thing with the river is like, Mm -hmm. that's too specific of a guess. (laughs) Like, that's not something you're like, it's a princess and a river. It's like, no, 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 no. So I don't know. It could be either. It could go either way, but. There was no indicator. But that's that's my problem is like when you have a vampire that can put people under his thrall and turn into a wolf and also turn into a pile of rats and also turn into whatever <laughs> that like 
you need to make it clear what is vampire powers and what is mystical intervention and what is reincarnation and what is just Mina being a hoe. Like, you need to be more explicit because there's too much supernatural stuff going on that I need to know if these two are meant to be together. Because the, the whole ending of this with her love saving them all. Yes. That changes a lot if it is a reincarnation of the wife. More effective if that is the case. But yeah. But they never make it clear. And this is what one of the scenes where it started to really bother me because she is very into him and she loves him and whatever. But it's like, is it a fake love? Is it a real love? Is this meant to be like they don't explain it well enough for me? And that bothered me. Yeah. Well, it briefly bothered her as well. She's like, like, hold on. Did you kill Lucy? He's like, yeah. And she's like, are you the one that's like making everybody all upset? Like, yeah. Like, all right, well, that sucks and all, but I'm still like really getting your vibe right now. And I still love you. And as we talked about, like, I remember this this woman that you love and I insist that you turn me into one of you and like bite me, do whatever you got to like, tell me what to do uh, because I want to be a vampire. Did either of you in that moment were you like, I kind of I might. I might choose that life. Oh, I would always, uh, my whole life, I've been too into vampire stuff. Uh, 100%, I would say yes. Anytime <laughs> any vampire wants to come turn me, you come do it. Wow, right. you heard it here Find first. Me. Yeah, I'm in. I've always been in. Andrew, what about you? Um, I mean, you wear a lot of sunscreen now, so it might work. Yeah. <laughs> right. Apparently, well, no, I don't know if I'd be able to walk in the day. I could barely walk in the day in my current form. So I don't right. know exactly. if that would work at all as a vampire. Um, I think that would, I think being a vampire would be cool for like a hundred years. And then you've seen, I don't know, maybe I, I feel like you, after, after a point, you've seen everything. And time would just start to like slip away. The concept of time itself, when you have all of it, probably gets away from you. That's a little bit more existential. I would just say no. Uh, let's just go with a no. If you could no? make me live for another hundred years as like part cyborg, I'm in for that. Not a vampire hmm. though. Right. But what if in a hundred, what if in a hundred years it's like awesome and you're like, man, I kind of wish I would have done 200. <laughs> Right. I mean, that's just a risk I I would personally take. But well, you could always just you could always just go up to like the nearest hero guy and just be like, I've had enough. Take my head off. Sure. I guess you could. You could choose when to end it. Although, would you have? Would I have the conviction? Uh, to the you know the character yeah. to call yeah. it quits. I don't know. All right. Well, yeah. um, Evan, would you? Evan? I think so. Yeah. I I think I'm into it. Would you suck on Gary Oldman's chest? I think I'd find someone else. See, that wasn't the question. I would suck on his chest. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Not to get like superpowers or anything. Just no. You know, yeah. Just to say Hell that yeah. I did. Yeah. I might, I might like tap into the network and just be like, who else is out there? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. It's like, does it have to be the chest? You yes. Know? No, that's the only way you can become a vampire is sucking on Gary Oldman specifically right. his Him? chest. Gun Would to you your head. It? Gun yes. to your head right now. Would you do it? Well, if it's a gun to my head, then there's no <laughs> real no, no gun to your head. There. Total absolute choice. <laughs> but this uh, is the only, yeah. This is after a bite from Gary Oldman? Yes. So that's already gone down. And that <laughs> He's was already like, bitten you. You've already got pretty close. Now you have to suck close. on his chest. You that, 
Evan Wells have to suck on Gary Oldman's chest to become a vampire? Do you do it? Yeah, that was, can I actually just a quick aside there? I'm not avoiding the question, <laughs> but he like, he like stopped her after she'd already gotten some. And it was like, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was already too late, but yeah. yeah. Where's there they some didn't amount? talk about volumes. Yeah. What are the rules? I don't know. Gotta be I a don't cup. Know. You know, it's gonna be a- eight ounces or nothing. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Um, ask what the rules are. Yeah, I don't think I would do that. But if it was someone else, yes, you're just you're. Are you stuck on Gary Oldman? <laughs> Is that the part that you're stuck on? You know what? I'll I'll come in like right after Winona's done, <laughs> and I'm just and be then- like, Shh, she can bite my neck. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. There, then I have a lot of problems with your willing to be immortal only if it's a if it's a hot girl turning you, but you will give up an immortal lifestyle if you have to suck on Gary Oldman's <laughs> chest. Hey, that means listen. you're not really committed to the immortality, and you need to be really committed to immortality if you're going to do it. Uh, but that's the thing about immortality is like, do you need to be committed? Because it's like a true false kind of thing. Like, you either are or you aren't. <laughs> Evan, I said I would suck on his chest without the immortality, <laughs> just to put it in perspective. That's something else entirely. Just immortality is a commitment, and if you're not willing to do it, if there's not a hot girl there, then I don't think you're really committed to the immortal lifestyle, so I think... Right, but like, what happens if you aren't committed? It's I, would, not like you I can... wouldn't turn you, is all I'm saying. If I were a vampire, I would not turn you because you are not dedicated. Well, luckily Winona's there, so... <laughs> not up to you. <laughs> oh Whew. all, all right. right well that was that was a fun aside i feel but, uh, i feel yeah. great uh mina is now like whatever she's infected and um she's transforming and the, the guys show up too late as always and she's like you know by herself actually i don't know she was, no that's when he turns into a pile of rats no but he faced him first as the wolf man Yes, he did that, but then he escaped. He transformed, I guess. It was weird. Into the pile of rats, and then he's he running shot, out the window, yeah. and they're all trying to like get the rats. Yeah, um, out, right. That are going out the window. So Van Helsing is like, this is an opportunity for me to learn something. Like, I'm going to hypnotize you, and I want you to tell me stuff. And she's like, okay. Like he's sailing home. He's out of here. He is Audi five thousand. So. <laughs> You guys need to go intercept his boat. And so um, they leave to go intercept him. But it's it's a two way communication. And (laughs) Dracula is reading her mind as she's hearing these plans. And he's like he evades them. Right. He's like goes to other ports. So they split up and Helsing and Mina travel to kind of stay as bait. Yeah. And then they're chasing the gypsies that Andrew's talking about before. So they. The gypsies are like on this big stagecoach and they have one of the crates of dirt. And he's in there in like multiple pieces, uh, looking like the guy from uh, Ghostbusters, which I guess was Vlad as well. Is that the same character? Am I just putting this together? <laughs> was that Dracula in Ghostbusters? That was Ghostbusters 2, which is out of, the, out of those two movies is the far worse one. And I've seen far less, but yeah, the guy in the painting. I've only seen it once. I think it might be. Right. It could be him. Ev, you just figured it out. Kind of weird how much they looked alike. Anyway, Van Helsing and Mina are like camping for the night, and the bride show up. 
damn brides. Hmm. And they're like trying to get Mina to seduce Van Helsing. And Mina's like getting ready to, to bite him or whatever. But Van Helsing luckily has a piece of communication in his pocket, uh, uh, which is for the non-Catholics, a little tiny piece of unleavened bread that they serve at, at Catholic church ceremonies and other religions uh, or parts of Christianity. So he, he presses this on her forehead and it like burns her and scares her. And what was interesting is that it seemed like they were using this as a way to signify that she was a vampire. So then he makes this fire ring to protect them from the brides and they like feed on their horse, which is kind of crazy. Um, yeah. Cause they're like, well, I got to eat something. It's not going to be a baby this time. It's going to be a stallion. And so then in the morning, he, Somehow knows where they're sleeping and they, you know, they engorged on a horse. So they're out food coma, blood coma. <laughs> and he goes in and cuts all their heads off. So the brides are dead now. They have no heads. Mm-hmm. He throws them in a ravine or a river, or whatever, off a cliff. The now we're kind of moving back towards the castle. Mina can see Dracula coming with her own binocular eyes. Did you did you notice that scene where she like dropped the binoculars? And then yes, she could like see further than the binoculars. It was so weird, mm-hmm. but it's fine. Um, <laughs> and sunset's coming, so it's like hurry up because once it's sunset, Dracula's all crazy strong. Got to kill him before that happens. Whatever, whatever. But of course, they don't make it in time, uh, and they get to the castle. And the gypsies are there trying to fight the hunters. Um, very ineffective at that. Uh, but one of the gypsies stabs Quincy in the back. Yep. Dracula, like, bursts out of his crate. Like, here, ready to go. <laughs> and Jonathan, in his quick thinking, runs up and slits his throat. It's like, part of the way very getting fast. his head off. Yeah, mm-hmm. get, getting his head off. Um, and then Morris comes over and stabs him in the heart. Dracula staggers around. He's like bleeding from his throat and he's got a big knife in his heart. And Mina's like freaks out. She's all sad. And she, she, she has people like at gunpoint, like back off and protecting this guy that looks like the emperor. Um, (laughs) and so they are like, whatever, let her go. This dude's not going to make it. He's pretty, pretty wounded. And then we lose Quincy. Quincy dies. Yeah. Unfortunately. Really sad. Bummer. So now we're in the, we're in the chapel, the same chapel that he was like, Hey God, uh, and I'm going to save my, my wife. Dracula is now, is now dying slowly. And the candles light and the cross that he stabbed repairs itself. And so, Dracula like briefly turns back into his young self. Um, and he's like, give me peace. And luckily Mina knows what that means. Cause I didn't. Mm-hmm. That, that, <laughs> that apparently means cut my head off, please. And stab me right through the heart into mm-hmm. the, into the, into the earth below me. Yeah. Um, so she does it. We don't actually know if that's what he meant. Cause he <laughs> dies. That's what he meant, right? What if he wanted her to like run her hand through his hair? No, that's not what he meant. That might have brought him peace. Peaceful. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, he's died. He's dead now. And the mark on her forehead that I talked about disappears. So we're meant to believe that like 
<clears throat> whatever she did, like cured her of this vampire stuff, and the curse is lifted. She looks up at the ceiling, and it's Dracula and and Elizabeth. Uh, <laughs> uh, seemingly rejoined, right? There's like a little bit of symbolism there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's uh, roll credits. Directed by Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very weird Annie Lennox song. Yeah. And I love her, but it was a weird song. I did not like the song at all. I, I wanted to swing back. I did a quick look up here. In, in Ghostbusters 2, it was Vigo. All right. It was Vigo the oh, Carpathian. Man. So not even. Mm. People are probably shitting themselves because I know what <laughs> Ghostbusters fans are like, and they are Uh-oh. they're wonderful people. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Vigo, Vlad, come on. It's all right there. Very right similar. There. And they look exactly the same. <laughs> I mean, they do. In fairness, it is a very similar one was based off of the other. So for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that's Dracula. That's I think, Dracula. I think we did a right. pretty good job of covering the the main points of of that movie. Okay, so overall, yeah, Whitney, why don't you you started? Would you recommend this film for someone to watch? Given everything we know, would you actually recommend it as something for someone to watch? I don't think so. I don't think I would. Um, I think that there are. Movies that have come out since that do similar things to whatever this was trying to do um, that I like much more that I don't feel were boring in parts. Um, I don't think it was bad. Like, I didn't hate watching it, but it also was very campy, very over the top and drug a lot. So I think overall, no, I would not recommend it. Yeah. Okay. I'm in that camp. No reco for me. Okay. Fair enough. There weren't even like cool cars to reference. <laughs> <laughs> there were some sweet carriages, though. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna recommend it. Uh, if so, with a caveat, if you're into the supernatural types, if you like vampires and Drac and Draculas and stuff like that, you'll probably like this movie. Yeah. It's a good look at some of the early work of. Weirdly enough. In parallel to this, I, I'm just like rewatching Stranger Things in anticipation of season three late, uh, in a couple mm, months. So and I'm excited. watching Winona Ryder and I'm like, man, she's fantastic. So it was yeah. cool to see her like 30 she years is ago. So good in Stranger Things. She right. has not knocked it out of the park in Stranger Things. She's pretty yeah. good in this. Yeah, I yeah. thought she was one she was among a lot the, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, she was among the better performances in this by far. So mm-hmm. that's, uh, you know, if you're a fan of some She's of these. She's no Tom Waits, but. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, Tom Waits, number one, and then two, three, four, and five are also occupied by Tom Waits. Then we, like Anthony Hopkins slots in there somewhere. So, you know. Tom Waits could bite my neck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But would you Not- suck his chest is the question. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think so. You would. Tom yeah, Waits. I mean, if the neck bites already happened, like we're, you know, we're really already over some kind of hump. Then what's the, what was the hang up about Gary Oldman? He had a smooth, mm-hmm. nearly hairless chest. I don't understand. But he can like turn into a wolf. Yeah, so would you after 400 years. That's, That's not a smooth point. chest, my friend. All right, well, you're not biting wolf chest or sucking could, wolf chest. That's you could fine. choke on that chest. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, weird. <laughs> we're, getting in, we're getting off topic. Where does mm-hmm. this fall in your current rankings? Uh, mm. Just kind of in between. Just give us the in between uh, of yeah, where it so, falls. Uh, 
I have been looking at that, and I think I've decided between Permanent Record and River's Edge. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm between Permanent Record and Dangerous Liaisons, which puts, puts this movie at eight. No, sorry. Sorry, sorry, because we have a row here. So it's, it's six for a number, number six for me. Yeah, and seven for me. Yeah, I'm going to slot it between Brotherhood of Justice and River's Edge for me. So... That's it's where about I'm about the same level for for all yeah. three of us. Yeah. Around, yeah, around the same, give or take. It's pretty high up there. Yeah, it is. Like I said, I, I, it's not like a I hated this movie. I no. just think there's better stuff out there. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It won't be in the top ten for very long. But as it no. stands, sure, <laughs> given what we've watched, it's exactly. up there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So next week is a is a really cool one. Whitney will oh, be leading I'm so excited. the discussion. I think you mentioned this in our first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, much ado about nothing. Yes. So it's a very good movie. When was the last time you saw this? I haven't seen it in probably actually probably about a year. I think I saw it last summer. I think okay. I rewatched it. All right. I this is one that I revisit probably every one to two years. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. I All rewatch right. this movie a lot. So Ev, have you seen this movie? No, I've never even heard of this movie. Okay. Have you heard of the the source material? It's Shakespeare. I have heard of Shakespeare. That sounds familiar. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, I I have not seen this film. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was prepping show notes early, and it's uh, directed by Kenneth Branagh, who is one of it my. Is. It's one of my favorite directors. He's done yes. like so much stuff over the years. Kenneth Branagh and Emma Thompson in Much Ado About Nothing is one of the best on-screen couples of all time. They just have chemistry, and Kenneth Branagh does an incredible job with the direction. Uh, not to give too much away, I'm, I, I gotta stop. I gotta stop. This all is right. next week. Uh, yeah, this is uh, based off the work of Shakespeare. I, I, I want to ask this, uh, having not seen it, are we, are we in for some adapted Shakespeare or is it like straight, like you're going to have to really pay attention here, Shakespeare, word for word? So it is, it is word for word Shakespeare, but it's one of his best comedies. And I feel like there's a lot of stuff that doesn't even feel Shakespearean when they're saying it because it's like, it's. It's one of those, it's like a rom-com where the, the lead guy and the lead girl hate each other and they just snipe at each other back and forth and are very sassy and quippy. Yeah. Uh, it's like that, but Shakespeare. Um, but it doesn't feel like, you know, verbose or, or arcane sort of language. Um, I, I don't think you'll have to work too hard to understand what's going on. Fun. I'm, I'm just looking at the, the box art for this and it's delightful. I'm mm-hmm. I'm smiling a lot just looking at the box art. Michael Keaton in this movie, mm-hmm. just kind he of is. over Kenneth Branagh's shoulder a little bit. It's just like uh-huh. a it's very funny. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a funny movie. It's a funny movie. It's a funny play. I think it's probably the best adaptation of of Shakespeare, like direct adaptation, not taking a Shakespeare story and then make like ten things I hate about you or whatever. Yes. Um, okay. I think like a direct adaptation of a Shakespeare play. This is is my favorite of all time awesome i guess it i guess it's worth noting kenneth Branagh has also done he's directed like many shakespeare films he He found his niche after this one yeah he i know i remember othello for sure and Mm -hmm. maybe um, i don't know if it was macbeth or hamlet maybe both uh but yeah he he 
definitely taps this well often. And he's he's very good. And then he's done mm-hmm. other amazing films as well. So yeah. really, uh, really looking forward to this one. And I'm glad that a person most familiar with it will be walking us through it. So yeah, yeah. great, great. Yeah. Uh, what I will say, though, is you are in for another painful Keanu performance. <laughs> <laughs> But Kenneth Branagh chose him. How could he? <laughs> it is not nearly as painful as this one was for okay. Dracula. Oh, that's good. But it is it is painful and miscast. Interesting, uh, in my opinion. Yes, I think it was one of the articles. Maybe it was the GQ article or one of the other. I mean, we read everything that comes across the desk here at the Cool Breeze offices. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I seem to recall that. During downtime, and Keanu does not have much. Like we've talked at length, like he's consistently pumping out movies, but there'll be like maybe a year where he's not doing anything. And in that time, he does do like stage plays of Shakespeare. Like that's what he that's what he does. That's kind of how he got his start. So it's just weird that he wouldn't. I, I don't know. Just to hear that it's like it doesn't work or it's a little weird or wonky. It's like what? This is what he does in his spare time. <laughs> Anyway, let's wrap this thing up. You can find our website at coolbreezepod.com and access all of our episodes, the list of films we'll be reviewing, and much more. You can also reach out to us by emailing coolbreezepod at gmail.com or hitting us up on Twitter at coolbreezepod. If you think this is a podcast you can get behind, please give us a subscription on your preferred platform, and a review would be much appreciated. We'll be back next week, but until then, Whitney, what are you doing on the internet? Uh, I have a lot of podcasts, um, <laughs> so come, come follow me on Twitter, uh, Whitney underscore Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N, and you can kind of see me retweet all the different stuff from the different shows. I definitely recommend, uh, in conjunction with this one, it came out about a month or so ago, but check out the costume designers episode of Historical Hotties, where we actually talk about the costume designer for Dracula. Ooh. All right. And and it's her and Edith Head, and we compete to see which one of those two is hotter. Um, so that's a that's a good episode. And if you are interested, the costumes are one of the best parts of this movie. We didn't talk about that too much. Yeah. But um, they're one of the best parts of this movie. And the woman who designed them has had a very very interesting career. Do are you guys familiar with the fall? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She was a costume designer for the fall as well. Wow. Okay. Um. But cool. she actually started doing like. She did a very interesting marketing campaign and she came up with the whole marketing campaign. And it's like a person sitting in a dark room with a hard boiled egg, peeling a hard boiled egg and stuff. She's wild. Uh, <laughs> very cool. Art. Go check it out. I also know a bunch of other podcasts, but I'll just pitch that one for now. Go listen to the Costume Designers episode of Historical Hotties. Perfect. Perfect. Get a little bit more Bram Stoker's Dracula in you. There you go. Behind mm. the scenes, as it were. Mm-hmm. Evan. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like so far away from the microphone. Sorry, I'm here. <laughs> he's already Are out the door. He's, he's like, like putting on his shoes, getting his keys. He's like, the, the podcast is done, right? <laughs> <laughs> I could <can> leave. <laughs> Where uh, can you be found on the internet? Um, you can find me at Evan Acri on Instagram. And on Twitter and in Untapped. Uh, where else? There's so many. <laughs> um, yeah, there's like a bunch of others, but I'll just give you those those three for now. <laughs> for now. 
Got it. I, I, I know that you're working on something. When are you going to, when is it done? Like, you know, days. <laughs> days. <laughs> a day. It will be done a day. Yes. Fun. All right. Uh, I'll keep it short too. Just follow me uh, at Dark Driving on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, please continue, as, as Whitney said, to send Keanu Reeves related things to me. That's the best thing to wake up to or just open your phone and be like, oh, yeah, 15 minutes set aside for this. So that's great. So with that, thank you all for joining us. And in the words of Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan, be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes. <laughs>